What's going on, Bryce? This is your boy Frank from Team Jerry and Frank of the Amazing Race. Definitely appreciate all of your support throughout the show, and thank you for having us on your podcast. Also, thank you for welcoming us to the third team boot club. Stings a little bit, not even gonna lie, because I definitely think we should have been on the race still. Um, but for all who are listen, it's a it's a it's a purple pants podcast. It's the purple pants. It's the purple pants. It's the purple pants podcast. You better get your headphones and listen up. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You better listen in public, might make your stomach hurt. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You're trying to unwind, you better get that box wine. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You're trying to get your snack, you better hurry right back, though. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants. Hello, 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 and welcome to this week's episode of the Purple Pants Podcast. I am your host, Bryce Isaiah, and thank you so much for clicking that button and checking out this episode. I appreciate you so much. Want to give a quick shout out to the baby boy, Frank, for giving us that intro of Team Frank and Jerry from The Amazing Race. But we'll table that because you know me and Brooke get into that a little later in the episode. And guess what? Spicy Bricey definitely came out. So you don't want to miss that. Shout out to the Purple Pants Posse and shout out to all of our new listeners. If you could do me a favor real quick, just pause this good old podcast right now and make sure you're subscribed to my podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Make sure you write a review. Okay, give me some five stars, one, two, three, four, five, and tell a friend to tell a friend. We popping over here at the Purple Pants Podcast. Is everyone enjoying the extra hour? Because you know your baby boy absolutely is, okay? I woke up this morning, thought it was six, it was really seven, or it was five. I don't know. I just know I woke up rested, and my alarm clock definitely did not wake me up. Yes, it's crazy. And by the time that this podcast comes out, it is going to be officially election day. And I think that it's so important for us to use your voice. Okay. The voice that has been given to you. It's time to exercise our right and make sure that we go out and vote. We are in some very troubling times. And I think that we need to get out and rock the vote. I I don't know who you voting for, but you know me as an openly gay black man and the things that I stand for on my podcast i think that it is evident as to what i support and what i don't want to tolerate in the world that i live in which is why i am getting up early i'm making sure that my voice is heard and i need to make sure that you guys know how important it is for your voice to be heard there's been so many countless people that have come before us that were not able to have their voice heard, that were not counted as a full person, that was counted as one third of a person. And so sometimes we got to sit back and reflect on things like that. And it's just so important that I use my platform to make sure that I encourage someone to get out and vote. My great grandmother, Madeline, grew up in a time where she was not allowed to vote. She was a black woman. And she, any chance that she could get, she always exercised her right to vote. And I remember almost 12 years ago was the last time that she actually voted, rest her soul. And she wasn't ambulating at that point. And she had a wheelchair and her polling place was in a basement of a church. And so it literally took a community to get my grandmother, my great grandmother out of the house. Okay. 
into her wheelchair, into a car that could fit her wheelchair to the to the basement of a church to vote. But guess what? That's what she wanted to do. And she made sure that her voice was heard. And so for me, I talk about it all the time on this podcast. Anytime, no matter what election it is, I always think about my great grandmother, Madeline, and I make sure that I do what I can do to make sure that my voice is heard because my voice is so important. Again, I'm an openly gay black man living in my truth in America today. And the things that I go through on a day-to-day basis, I don't choose to let that discourage me. I choose that for me to stand in my truth and to be who I am. And hopefully, you know, I understand people that listen to my podcast, they don't might not have people like me in their life, but you look at me as family and you think of me as a friend and I just want you to remember that as when you are casting your votes that some of the things that could be possibly done could affect my life okay could affect women's rights and I just think it's so important that we Make sure our voice is heard. I can't scream that enough. It's so important. I don't want to make it seem like I'm preaching, but listen, okay? It's important. Make sure your voice is heard, okay? Don't let nobody scare you. Don't know. Put your mask on. Go on. And shout out to all of you guys that have already voted and early voting because y'all came out in droves. And I'm so happy to see the amount of people that have came out and already voted. And I... Will be in that line no matter how long it is, okay? My job gonna have to listen. I'm gonna take sick day because <laughs> I'm gonna make sure I'm gonna vote, okay? Use your voice. Come on. Use your voice. Sopranos, use your voice. Outsos, use your voice. Come on, tennis, use your voice. Okay, baby boy, need to get some juice. <laughs> Little dry. How is everyone's Halloween? I hope everyone had a safe Halloween. It was a little different here in Philly. We had a lot going on in the city of brotherly love this past week. Unfortunately, we had a killing that made national attention, the killing of Walter Wallace Jr. And it just really set the city of Philadelphia on fire. There were protests. There was looting. We've had curfews. We've got the National Guard in the city. And so it's just it it just goes to show you how unsettled our country is and why it's just so important for everyone to get out to use your voice to make sure that you we us live in a place that we all feel comfortable and safe in. Halloween was this weekend. I really hope everyone had a fun Halloween. I hope the I was looking at the costumes. I was seeing the kids in their costumes. I was seeing everybody in their costumes, and you know your baby boy. <laughs> Shut it down. Shut it all the way down. I was so excited for Halloween this year. I think back in July, I had decided, I was like, oh my God, I want to do like the the Tiger King theme. And I know everybody this year was doing it the Tiger King. Okay, but listen, ain't nobody do Tiger King how me and my friends did Tiger King. Okay? I saw the Joe Exotics. I saw the Carol Baskets. I didn't see that many John Finleys. I definitely didn't see that many gay tigers. Okay, but yeah, Halloween was so much fun. Hung out with some friends, just a small gathering of us. We had candy in case the trick-or-treaters came, but ain't no trick-or-treaters come. But we still had a great time. I'm super excited about this week's episode. I'm fitting to use my voice to tell y'all what's the rundown of this week. Okay, this week, I've got the church announcements for you. I've got the casual tea this week, breaking down what happened over there on Big Brother. Okay, I've got... Brooke Cam High from season 29 of Amazing Race. 
She's on here this week with us, breaking down all things The Amazing Race Season 32. And listen, let me just say, I didn't record with Brooke this week. Spicy Bricey came out. So listen, y'all want to make sure you get into that because I don't think Spicy Bricey held back. We've got the Purple Pants Picks. Barb's message is back. And you know we got the Freak of the Week, Bay Bay Freak. Other week, bang, bang, freak. Other week, bang, bang. So listen, what you waiting for? You better use your voice. And let's get into these church announcements. On this week's church announcements, I just want to make sure you guys heard the news. Yesterday, I did a podcast with Mr. Robert, okay? We did the Bryce Isaiah 2021 Hot Girl Summer Calendar Reveal. Yes, so if you have not checked that out, make sure you head over to robhasawebsite.com or wherever you get your RHAP and check that calendar reveal out and find out what Survivor Beauties made the Bryce Isaiah 2021. It's a hot girl calendar. Oh, Ooh, that was a little messed up. That was a little tired, tiger. <laughs> but make sure you guys head over to my shop at Bryce-Isaiah.MyShopify.com for your 2021 hot girl calendar, your zaddy calendars. And guess what? This week, I've added the Purple Pants Posse hoodies. Okay, wait, wait, wait. It's the Purple Pants Posse hoodie 2.0, okay? Each year, we getting better. So the new hoodies are up, okay? And they hot. They popping, okay? So listen, make sure you go and check on that website. I've also got a lot of other. I got some new stickers added. I've got some pins for your clothes added. So make sure you show your baby boy some love, okay? You appreciate me. Show your baby boy you're a member of the Purple Pants Posse with your proud hoodie or a sticker, okay? Or with some coasters, okay? Or with a Purple Pants Posse pin, okay? So make sure you head over to Bryce-Isaiah.MyShopify.com, okay? And get your shopping on. You know the holidays is right around the corner, so you better hurry up. Click the link in my bio on Instagram or Twitter, Bryce Isaiah, okay? And check one out. Check it out, okay? Now you know it's time to get into this meat and potatoes. Oh, oh, meat and potatoes. Toes. Oh, let's get into the meat and potatoes. Let's get into this menu. It's a menu. It's a menu. Meat and potatoes like we're cooking up a great stew. It's a menu. It's a menu. Meat and potatoes like we're cooking up a great stew. Uh, 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 uh. It's the casualty. Ooh, yeah. It's the casualty. Huh? It's the casual tea with a modern beat. It's the, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a casual tea. What's oh popping? <laughs> okay. What's popping? Can you believe I've like stayed informed and covered a whole season of BB? Yes, you made it all the way through. I mean, this is, and it's been, a, it's been, a, it's been, you know, it's been had its ups and downs. So for you to make it all the way, you know, good for you. It's More downs than ups, but I mean, <laughs> who's counting? <laughs> who's counting? Me, certainly not me. 
Yes. Oh, I, I am counting. <laughs> well, I mean, yes, you're counting, you're watching live feeds, you're keeping boards, you're going back and forth with people on Twitter. I mean, so you actually are doing a lot. So let's not downplay, you know, all that you do, the almanac. You know, I try. I try to, 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 <laughs> to, to bring you all of your uh, all your info. Thank you. I appreciate it because it's a lot. So I'm low-key sad that this is coming to the end of our casual tea with the Big Brother All-Star. But, I mean, last we left off, I think it was the final four that were left and that Cody had won HOH or yes. POV or CCD. He won, Enzo had won HOH, he put Nicole and Christmas up on the block, Cody won POV, leaving him with the sole vote to evict, and he got rid of Christmas, leaving the final three in place with Enzo, Cody, and Nicole. Ooh. So now we're heading into the final uh, week of the show. You've got the final HOH, which is in three parts. The winner of part one automatically goes to part three. The winner of part two joins the first person that won in part three. Those two will battle it out. Whoever wins becomes the final HOH, getting their spot in the final two and having the sole vote to evict the uh, last person from the house. So, oh, Nicole wins part one, much to the dismay of particularly Enzo. I mean, Cody, of course, would like to have won that as well, but particularly Enzo, because Enzo is starting to get a little suspicious. He's starting to feel a little <laughs> type of way that Cody... And Nicole are probably going to take each other. So he's like, damn, I really should have won that one. Like, I really needed that. I needed to get to the to, to, to part three. But you know what? I still got one more. I got one more shot to get to that uh, final two spot. Let me just calm down and let me get my head on straight. And we'll, we'll go from there. So Nicole wins part one. Her and Cody are having conversations. Um, it's looking like, it's been looking like this for weeks. That Cody and Nicole are going to take each other. Nicole is definitely going to take Cody. Weeks. Like I said before. <laughs> months. Weeks. <laughs> exactly months like there was a wall yeller months ago that yelled at the wall <laughs> in the backyard saying nicole and cody are playing everyone like it's been this way since august 5th even prior to that because they were pre-gaming um so yeah that's what it's looking like cody i mean he made a he made it he did make a joke with nicole at one point um because nicole was like so what are you thinking are you gonna actually take me or are you gonna take enzo and then cody like uh, jokes with her is like i don't know and she's like are you serious cody like are you going to take me or not? He's like, I'm going to take you. Of course I'm going to take you. So they have that conversation. Part two happens. Oh. Cody wins part two. So now Enzo has history repeating itself. Back in BB12, he made it all the way to the final three, lost both part one and part two, and had to rely on someone else to take him to the final two, but ended up getting cut coming in third place. So now he's sitting in the exact same spot here in BB22, a whole decade later, wishing that someone would take him to the final two. He kind of like flips out a bit after the uh, after he loses the second part uh, to the point where like Cody and Nicole are kind of crying because they feel bad for him because they know just how much he wanted to come. He, he didn't want to get third place again. He didn't want to spend all this time away from his kids during a freaking pandemic to get the same placement that he got the last time. So he's just like, you know what, guys? Don't even worry about it. You guys did it. I suck, yo. Like I tried and I, I, they're probably laughing at me back at home. They're probably really disappointed. They're probably like, you played yourself and I get it. I did it to myself. I didn't win. It's my fault. If you guys do what you have to do, if you take me, I love you. But if you don't take me, I get it. It's fine. It's fine. Don't, don't like it, it is what it is. I had two shots to save myself and I didn't do it. So they're both crying. It's looking like Cody and Nicole are definitely going to take each other. So we get to the finale episode. Part three happens. It's a quiz competition um, where Julie asked the questions about nine, all nine of the dream or eight of the dream members at that point because the third person hasn't been evicted. Um, but yeah, so she, they do the quiz and 
Nicole gets the first question wrong and gets all the other ones right, but Cody gets the first question right and all the rest of them right, so he wins the final H-O-H. Cody has officially gone the entire season Uh, with uh, uh. never being nominated, never touching the block, never receiving any votes against him, ever. So um, the commercial goes down, or the commercials come up, rather, and so we're thinking, oh, well, bye, Enzo. It's been a, it's been a, you know, it's been a wild, long ride, but you know, you did it to yourself. It's over. The commercials, uh, the com- after the commercial break. <laughs> Just Cody from the block. Okay, sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Homage to Cody from the block. Okay, because he don't know nothing about that. Okay. Not one damn block. But um <laughs> yeah. So not even a step. Yeah, not no, not not one step. Uh <laughs> the commercial break ends and Nicole and Enzo are sitting in the nomination chairs and Nicole is crying. Oh. And I'm like, hold up. What Wait happened? What happened in these three minutes of commercials? Uh- because, it's, don't get me wrong, Nicole wanted to win that final HOH, but the both of them were, like, smiling the whole time. It was, like, a, a, a competition between friends. Like, no matter who won, they both knew they were going to go. So, like, the energy was kind of like, you know, it is what it is. And then how do you go from that to sitting in that chair and you're crying? And I'm like, oh! Is this when your Twitter finger started going off? Because I was watching your Twitter feed and your Twitter feed was on fire. I was like, hold up! What happened? <laughs> Wait, wait, my, my, I had a bad connection. What what you say? What you do? What what you say again? All I said was that, hold up. I want to know what is going on. And so Julie comes over the speaker and she's like, all right, Cody, you've been in this position before. And he has, that is what, you know what, as, 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 um, as boring as this season has been in the waning weeks of it, the finale was very captivating and very poetic because Enzo, like I said before, literally has been in this spot when he played the last time, was waiting for someone to take him to the final two. Cody has been in this spot before, back in BB-16. He won the final HOH, and he had the opportunity to take someone that he could probably beat or take someone that he would probably lose against, and he took Derek and lost to Derek. So now it's like he's in the same position. You take Enzo, you're probably winning. You take Nicole, chances are you're probably still going to win, but it's a lot harder to take someone who's won this game already over someone who hasn't, and you've done more than. So he's literally been in this position before. And the same with Nicole. She ended up winning, but she was she did not win the final HOH, and she had to rely on someone else to bring her to the final two. So they've all are like in a full circle moment now. So Julia's like, I know the pressure's kind of on Cody because you've been in this exact position before. This could be a five hundred thousand dollar decision. Are you prepared to make it? And so I'm sitting here like, oh my god, he's about to cut her. <laughs> He is about to cut her. There's no there's no reason for her to be crying if, if it wasn't about to cut her. And Enzo's looking real uncomfortable. Enzo's looking real pissed. His jaw is so tight. Okay? Oh. And so he's like, you know what? I've been playing this game with the both of you. I had a final two with the both of you. The both of you helped me get here. There is no way that I would be I, that I would have gotten as far in this game if it weren't for the two of you. I have loved, absolutely loved playing with the both of you. I really have. And it really sucks that I have to do this to one of you at the very last moment. But Nicole, oh, I have to vote to evict you. Ah! And when I tell you, I screeched. 
<laughs> I did not because Bryce, they had they their moms are friends. Their moms called each other before the season started. They've been talking on the phone before the season started. They both played with Derek. I'm sure they both got like some pointers from him or whatever. They're friends. They've known each other for six years at this point. There was just no way. There was no way that they were not they were not going to take each other. And so when he evicted her at the very last minute, I lost my mind. Like, if there is one thing about Big Brother, if you get a shitty season, the finale, for whatever reason, always pops the fuck off. Oh. And so we're and this is what we've been like, saying, though. This is what, you know, as me, as a, an astute pupil, this is what I was saying. And I, I always was, you know, thinking Cody had a great shot. But I'm like, will he actually do the final kill to cement his winnership? And it looked yep. like he did. Okay. And he did it. He did it. And you know what? We got to see a jury segment as well this episode where um, all the jurors come together and talk about the final three and the, uh, what their games were like. And uh, the the overarching theme was that, look, whoever takes out Cody, whether it be we'll Nicole win. or Enzo, they probably will have a really good shot to win. Most likely, probably Nicole would be the the one to, like, if Enzo were to w- win the final HOH and cut Cody, he could, maybe he could probably win. Maybe, maybe. Um, Definitely, if Nicole takes out Cody, she definitely wins. So that was the overarching theme. They examined their games one by one. A lot of people were like, we don't really know what to do with Enzo because, like, he's done a really good job saying. with us. Yeah, we've been, he's done a good job with us socially. We all love him, but, like, Where's the kill shot? Where's the, where's the, where's the, you know, we need something more. And for Nicole, it's like, yeah, like it, it, it's impressive that she got there again as a winner, you know, but at the same but time. But she ain't no Sandra like, Diaz, okay? She ain't no Sandra <laughs> Diaz twine. She, uh, she kind of rode <laughs> coattails all the way to the end. And like, do we really want to just give it to her because she's a winner? And she had her supporters in there. She had a few supporters in there that were like, you know what? Like, I, I think if she gets to the final two, if she's the one that wins the final HOH and puts herself in the final two, she has to cut Cody. If she doesn't cut Cody, she probably will still get votes, but if she cuts Cody, she's definitely winning. And who who were, was like everyone wanted him? Who was who was the Nicole supporters? Give me like two of them. Kevin would have voted for Nicole. And what David about uh, voted for Nicole? Oh, and what about Ian? Ian, uh, I, mm, that's I think Ian. I don't because Devon t- told us all this tea afterwards when she got out the house. She said that the that there were four votes at least for Nicole. It was wow. Kevin. It was David. It was Christmas, yeah. and first, who was first the of all, one? yes, Devon still gathering this information even when the season is over. Yeah, she know, better right? deliver the tea. I forget who the fourth one was. Maybe it was Ian. I forget. But there were four. There were four locked votes. Um, and then they asked her if she would have voted for Nicole. She said, oh, "Nope, absolutely not. You fooled me once to BB eighteen, never again." So she would not have voted for Nicole. So we were thinking that Nicole probably would have gotten four votes, but still would have lost to Cody. Um, and of course, if Cody were to get to the end in a cut Nicole, then he would have won. So, um, yeah. So he gets, like, she, he cuts Nicole. It's now Enzo and Cody sitting in the final two. The jury gets to do their, do their questioning. It's a bunch of generic questions. I was hoping that because this was a two-hour finale and because most of the episode had happened so quickly within the first hour, I was hoping that the second hour would be more like Survivor style, like, you know, Final Tribal, where they actually get to have an open conversation with the final two and, you know, not just like these scripted-ass questions, but, you know, they were still kind of insightful. But for the most part, the, t- the main takeaway from this jury deliberation was that Enzo really didn't do too much to sell his game. He had a lot of charisma. He was definitely more charismatic than Cody was when answering the questions, but he fumbled the ball in a lot of the questions. He said, you know what? I didn't really have any targets. That's why I was able to sit back and sort of like just let Cody do his thing because I didn't have any targets and I liked all of you. And I'm like, that's cool and everything. That shows like you have a really strong social game, but that also shows that you're not really playing the game because you have to have targets. You have to have to want people out of the game. So he just kind of just fumbled the questions a lot along the way and really just opened up the door for Cody to take credit 
for everything. And so the votes come back for the winner. It's a unanimous vote. This is the second time in Big Brother history, at least Big Brother mainstream history, no no spinoff seasons, where there has been a unanimous vote. I think that at this point, Cody Calafiore statistically on paper has the strongest BB record more than any other person ever to play the game. And that's coming. And that's after Derek. That's after Dan Giesling. That's after Dr. Will, because he won nine competitions, got all nine jury votes and has never touched the block. It's just Mm. it's an astounding game. It's an astounding game. Enzo got no votes. He was kind of salty about that. The last bit of tea that we found out. Was that because once Davon revealed to us that there were four votes that would have been a lock for Nicole, Enzo said that if Cody would have cut him at the final two, he would not have voted for Cody and he would have voted for Nicole. So it looks like if Nicole had actually made it, she would have won. Oh, oh no! Now that would have been that. Now that would have been some tea either way too. Now here's the thing: although Enzo is salty, bitch, he needs to be happy. He not in the third spot. He didn't leave his kids in a pandemic for nothing. He 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 made it to the final two C. And he was he was very happy. He was very like like you could just tell. I mean like it's like, like like I'm a Pisces, okay? So like I said this all the time. Like I exist on two planes. Like on one hand, I'm like, oh my god, like screw Enzo. Like you don't deserve his second place. You don't deserve it because you you have been. T- talking about making big moves and shaking up the game and then you don't do it and then all of a sudden you find yourself in the exact same position that's you have no one to to blame but yourself but on the other hand when cody does evict nicole and then you see uh, you see enzo just so relieved and just so happy to have at least made it further than the last time after a decade after spending all that time Uh away from home you just can't help but feel you know feel good for the guy and it's like okay fine whatever you got your you got your 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 one improvement in placement you're not gonna win though you're not gonna win but you know at least you did better than before so whatever i'll give the props to the guy i still feel like he should have done a lot more in the game um and maybe he could have gotten at least one or two votes but um no cody's game was just too immaculate this season just it really was i mean kudos to cody uh i you know i've been saying i've been somewhat rooting for him when i have had no other option but to root for him but Mm -hmm. enough of all of this i mean i guess that's really the big prize but let's get to the real tea okay because that's great the writing's been on the wall for the long time about you know who would be in the final three we've it's been enzo cody and nicole so congratulations to all of them but let's get down to the real mamma jamma tea who won america's favorite house guest is what i want to know so now look okay twitter you know, they take their campaigns for America's Favorite House Guest seriously. Okay. And this this particular race has only been galvanized by the fact that we are also concurrently in an election cycle for the presidency of the United States. So, you know, and make sure, listen, hold on, when it, this podcast, before we even go, when it, this when this podcast come out, it's election day. So make sure you guys go out and rock the vote. Okay. Rock the motherfucking vote. Yes. Period. Rock the vote. Oh, what you know about Aaliyah? Work the middle, work the middle, change positions on it. Mm, 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 mm. Change position. Oh, give for me, forgive for me, forgive for me. Rest in okay. peace, Aaliyah. Yes, come on, beautiful girl. Wait, I, I mean, do we need to start a singer group? Okay, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm just saying. I don't even need to be Beyonce. I'll be Michelle. <laughs> that's fine that's fine i'll be out you know what no beyonce's too much pressure i'll just be kelly <laughs> okay listen <laughs> okay beyonce <laughs> listen to the, the dc too okay new single coming out <clears throat> okay but anyway back to that but yes make sure you guys go out yeah. and rock the vote today it's so important 
Yes, please do. Um, so yeah, uh, so a, a lot of people have been, you know, because, you know, especially on a season like this where we feel so powerless as an audience, you know what I mean? Because we don't really get to affect the season in any way. That's why we had such an influx of wall yellers because people are trying to affect the game in any way possible to make it any more, any way more enjoyable. So whenever someone that we really like, and I say BB Twitter, you know, as a whole, no matter who they like, whenever there's somebody that you really, really like, you try to correct the mistakes of the season by awarding at least one person with a prize so to make yourself feel better about having endured such bullshit and to make that other person feel better about having endured such bullshit. So and are so, you saying this course, is reparation? D- this BB reparation? This is reparations. Yes, it is. Yes, the <laughs> hell it is. Okay, I didn't even think about that until now. Yes, it is. It has been a long time coming. I have been talking about how Devon is probably one of the most is she is she's probably one of the most dynamic characters that we have ever seen in Big Brother history, especially within the modern era. She has been the meme queen for years now, okay? Literal years. People use her gifts that don't even watch the show, that have no idea what Big Brother is, yet they know that face because she's always on someone's timeline being retweeted (laughs) somewhere, okay? She's everywhere. She is ubiquitous, okay? So the fact that she hasn't even gotten America's favorite yet, I mean, a lot of it has to do with the first time that she was on the show, she was out second, so it was kind of hard to campaign for somebody that wasn't there the whole season. And then her second season, she was the first member of a jury. It's kind of hard. It's kind of hard. I get it. So we're thinking that there's no way she's going to get it because there is this poll Big Brother Network, their poll has been accurate for at least the... I went back and checked. Their poll has been accurate for at least the past eight or nine seasons. They have always uh, uh, predicted the winner correctly of AFP. And so I go to their poll, and it shows Tyler in the lead at like... Tyler! Yes. Yes. Now, how how do they... What are their... Do they have a... Do they have a college electoral? And, like, how does this work? How, how so you do they... you go to CBS. You go to CBS All Access. You get 10 votes per day. I think that the votes oh. opened up at uh, on October 22nd or something. I think you had five consecutive days to vote. Um, You get 10 votes per day, and there, you just you just vote every day, and you... uh. So, yeah, but... Okay. So, how can you say it's normally accurate if, like, all of the votes go... So, how could it not be accurate is what I'm... I guess I'm trying to say if all of the votes are just tallied on there, or do they take into consideration... You know, no, we don't see... We don't see the how well the votes like the what where, where the votes are going for Big Brother Network. All they do is put up a poll and they ask you who did you vote for America's favorite. Oh, and got you, got past, you. So you don't yeah. got you, got you. Now let me ask you this: Did you exhaust your ten votes a day? I did. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch, I'm proud. I okay, even, I might have even voted. I might have even voted. You know. Oh. More than ten times per day, but I, you know, oh, I might, okay, I, you log, you I, use I somebody have. else's web browser. I might okay, have. might have. I okay. might have. You know. Okay. Um, so yeah, we're thinking that Tyler's going to win. He's in the in the lead at like twenty six percent of the vote. Devon is at like nineteen percent of the vote, and then Janelle is at like seventeen percent of the vote. So we're thinking, okay, it's going to be Tyler. Like that poll has been consistent for the past eight or nine seasons. Why would this year be any different? And so I'm kind of feeling defeated. And there's just so much like back and forth between two different fandoms on Twitter. All these Devon fans and Tyler fans just like at each other's throats. And I'm just like, y'all, like at this point. I just want Devon to see all the love when she gets off, when she gets out of the house and she gets back on Twitter and all that stuff. I just want her to see how much we were campaigning for her. If she loses, it is what it is. But she has done so much for me as a black fan of the show this season with all of her, all of her, uh, 
her uh, calls for justice for Breonna Taylor and the segments where she's talking about colorism within the black community and just all sorts of stuff. So I just really appreciated her her presence on the season. And that kind of stuff is kind of, it's very priceless. I know that that's really, really cheesy to say, but honestly, honest to God, like this season would not have been as enjoyable if she were not there. And I will take that over her winning. I know that I, I know that it's easy for me to say that because I'm not the one in the running for 25K, but right. I'm just saying that she is so much more than $25,000. It just, that's just, it's just the truth. So we're thinking is there's no way that she's going to win. And so when we get down to that announcement, Julie's like, all right. So everyone has been voting for the past few days for America's favorite house guests. And we have two people in oh. the lead. And we were all like, wait a second. Wait a damn minute. They always say the first, they, they always say the three people in the lead. So why is it this year? Why is it two? And so she's like, we have Tyler and we have Davon. Oh. And so I'm like, all right, well, Tyler's going to win, obviously. And then when she said Davon's name, <laughs> oh my God. It was even, I screamed even more than I screamed when, when Cody cut Nicole. I was just like, you have got to be, why is this finale popping off like this? I never, I had been, I was defeated, y'all. I did not think that she was going to get it. And she said by over one million votes, she oh. beat him. One million votes, she beat his ass. So I'm just like, and like look i started off this season only wanting two people on the show i wanted to see davon back i wanted to see tyler back so there's a piece of me that is like i'm glad that my two favorite players of all time are the top two getters of the afp votes but at the same time tyler really made me struggle with him this this uh this season especially as it pertains to the thing that he did with uh, Bailey and Devon, back with the whole, you know, Black Lives Matter thing and all of that, and just trying to quit the game in general. I'm just like, the fact that he even got that many votes at all is kind of, like, crazy to me because, like, you tried to quit. Like, why are you guys giving him America's favorite house guests when he literally didn't even want to play anymore? Right. So, but whatever. People have their own prerogatives. It is what it is. Um, but I was just I was just happy because I just felt like she, out of out of everyone, I felt like she really deserved it. And it's been such a long time coming. Like I said before, she is just probably one of the the main mainstays of the Big Brother sphere for the past few seasons of the modern era, at least. And I just think that it's time that we paid her her respects. And there's yes. a reason that these reality shows like to cast her is because she's just she's fun to watch. She's captivating. She's real. She's honest. She's all the things that you want to see in a reality TV contestant. And yes, you can say what you want about her gameplay. You can say what you want, what you want about her skills. I get it. The critiques are there. I'm certainly was frustrated with her this season as well. But she's still my favorite and she always will be. So I'm just so glad that there were enough people out there that also felt the same way. Yes, I was excited. I had to text her when I saw that she had her phone back. I was like, girl! Did she text you? Did she text you back? She ain't text me back yet, though. You know, she got a lot of text messages, she, but... She's probably... She might come through later on. She's it might come through a little later on, hard. but I was just like, girl! Proud of you. But I'm yes. So happy for her. I, um, I, I am too. And it makes me sad that I guess this is the final casualty with a mind and I guess it is, yeah. <sighs> I mean, it's unless been, you... It's going to be a, such a short, a short uh, off season though, because Big Brother usually ends in late September and now it's late October. So it's like one less month of waiting for <laughs> oh, boy. the show to come back. <laughs> so I guess we need to wait until the next BB to continue our casual tea. Maybe, maybe oh. not. Maybe not. Well, what you mean, maybe not? I mean, there 
there's other things in the world to talk about other than BB, you know? Oh, so you saying you want to continue the casual tea with I'm all that be? It's the casual tea with I'm all that be? <laughs> Yes, that's I mean, so. Why ex- not give the people what they want? There have been so many people that have been giving us positive feedback on the dynamic, and I feel like they'd probably enjoy us talking about anything. So, yeah, why not? Well, you've heard it official. <laughs> the casual tea with Ahmad and V is a permanent staple here at the Purple Pants Podcast. So Ahmad and I will come together. We don't know the frequency just yet, but we will talk about current events. We'll talk about pop culture. We'll talk about things that are uh, very near and dear to our heart and things that uh, make us very similar and make us apart. And so, yeah, so I'm excited to yes. have Amon come back uh, for more casual tea. So that's exciting. Come on, drop the drop. I don't even got the drop the bomb, but drop the uh, my phone acted up. Come on. Wait, I just want to come on. phone. I don't even want that part. <laughs> oh, is this the remix with the locks? Yes, Wait. it is. These uh. scripts. Come on, J Lo. This, I stay swimming. I told you, real. Okay. Real. Anyway, we're ending with Jenny on the block. Ahmad and B will always be on the block, okay? Because that's just where we be at. Thank you guys for tuning in, and thank you, and we will be back sometime soon. Bye. 10-9-8-7-6-5-4-3-2-1 because that's how I have to start this segment with my boo, Brooke, because listen, you were speaking with Spicy Bricey today because I have a lot to unpack with the amazing race, okay? It wasn't that amazing this episode because I'm pissed. I'm pissed, I'm pissed, and I'm pissed, and I'm pissed, okay? You want to ask me how I'm feeling today, Brooke? Oh, how are you feeling today, I'm pissed, okay? I am pissed for so many reasons, okay? First of all, I just want to say that I love Will and James, okay? I was trying not to like them because I'm like, I already know I'm going to like them because, like, they're the, the gay couple on there. And I'm like, I, I don't want to show my bias to them. I want to, like, be hard on them, like, how I'll be on every other team. But this episode, they really, I was loving them. I also was loving, how does it feel? Yeah. I was loving them this episode, too, because I just love them fighting. I just, like, if, if Wendell and I were to play, that's exactly how we would be. Well, you're not walking like you're trying, like, you're not walking like we in last place, Wendell. Like, I, that's literally how I would be screaming at him. Um, I'm going to spoiler alert for you right now. I'm going to give you some inside like information later in this podcast and i think you might be a little disappointed in d'angelo and gary but not because they did anything wrong i think they were trying to help but i think actually they they're sort of indirectly responsible for the demise of jerry and frank so we'll we'll get there we'll get there when we get there now let me let spicy ricey have the floor for a second So this is what pissed me off, okay? I already said why Alana and Leo made me mad, okay? For they, it what seemed to be, they didn't really go into detail that they helped Kaylee and Haley. They helped them. We couldn't really see. I was giving them the benefit of the doubt. I'm like, well, maybe it was a thing of proximity. Maybe the, uh, maybe my girls weren't close to them, so they couldn't help them. But baby, okay, starting this episode off, Will and James spilt the tea, okay? And that I guess Alana and, um, 
I, I, Leo, they must have been talking and they basically said that they want to help out the stronger teams. And so, or they wanted to help out the weaker teams. Right. So like they helped out. out the stronger teams. Okay. Right. So this is where, I'm, again, this is again, again, and again, where unconscious bias comes in it. Okay. So yes, this season of Amazing Race is uh, amazing. It's, uh, it's, it's so diverse. I love to see all of this. But yet again, here we are having this unconscious bias come into play and it affects our minorities. Now, they say they wanted to help out a weaker team. Well, baby, what weaker team was there than the sisters? Like, what? how were they not weaker than Kaylee and Haley? Okay, they struggle at every, every, every episode. They were behind. Every challenge, they were behind. But what is it because that they were African-American females and they physically look strong that you were intimidated by them? And that, oh, was it that Kaylee and Haley looked like more like people that might be your neighbors? And so like you want to adequate them with being weak. So that really pissed me off learning that information from Will and James that not only like they literally helped them out because they and what you would think would be like, oh, like, yes, we'll categorize the sisters as strong. And so that gives us the reason not to want to help them. No. And I know that they they issue there a statement on Twitter saying that they need to work on it but listen Leo and Alana work a lot harder it's 2020 okay and that's my message to them this is spicy Brycey not Bryce so just want you to know that because no that really pissed me off when Will and James broke that tea down because I'm like oh my god so they per- not, they purposely did not help the sisters and their rationale for not helping them was oh we want to help the weaker teams bitch they were the weaker team oh <sighs> I'm hot, Brooke. I'm yeah, hot. I don't want to stop you. I'm, no. I'm like, I'm not really in a position to stop you. <laughs> I'm and I'm not going like... to defend people. I'm totally not. I will say they're Olympians. So from pr- someone who's not fast or strong, I get why you could be seen as a stronger team. That being said, I- I'm getting behind Spicy Bricey. Yes. I'm not happy okay. About how First of all, if Leo and Alana want to take out somebody, take out Hug and Chi. Okay. Take them out. Because they, they have been first place. I know. Every time. But I know. I love them. I love them. And I was, lo- I was, anyway, but okay. Hung and Chi brought Bryce back. But yeah, no, that really kind of pissed me off. And it's like, you know, you would, I, I, I would have not ex- expected that from Alana and Leo. And so all of the heat that they got on Twitter, I'm not glad that they got the heat, but I really hope that they understand where people like me are coming from that it's like, uh, okay, but wait, okay, I, I hear what you're saying, but it doesn't make sense. Okay. Like, yeah. So you see them as stature and they're strong. And so that intimidates you, but look at them. Like they are sucking in this game. If anybody needs a hand, if anybody needs a helping hand, it's them. But of course, and uh, you know, the damsel in distress, the blondes, they need the most help. So it's like, oh, let's help them out. Okay, but anyway, so that's my piece on that. And, you know, Spicy Bricey is coming back when we get to this U-turn. She should. I will say in reading, you know, Mia Culpa's and apologies, you can tell a lot of times when people are apologizing for the sake of apologizing. Uh It doesn't seem to me that that's what this is. I think there was a moment of, oh, man, like not it looked bad for me, but I'm an actual moment of like learning. And I think it's very heartfelt from Leo and Alana that the, the apology they issued and that is that makes me feel good makes me feel no. good and i don't think there was anything meant by it but again just you know you look at it from the outside and and spicy yeah. brycey is warranted spicy brycey is upset and I, i'm glad that they took 
it upon themselves to issue an apology. Yeah. And I'm glad that you feel like it's heartfelt. But yeah. for me, it's not about issuing it. Like it is like the first step to wrong to right your wrong is to say that you did something wrong and make it. But for me, it's like I get that. But we and again, I'm people can evolve and change. But I feel like in predicaments like this, it's like when your real biases come out. So it's easy for you to issue a statement after you're getting heat. But it's like when you're in the middle of amazing race and you have an opportunity to help two African-American people out or you can help two Caucasian people out we see where you go so I just really hope that they understand that and that their apology is heartfelt and that they really get it because again it's not about amazing race it's like you know it, it, there's a big picture to this and there's a big picture that un un conscious bias plays such a huge role and like we I have them as a gay black man and I have to check myself oftentimes a, a lot in my life that I have to say you know what take a step back and put yourself in other person's position but at the same time it's like oh I just be tired of the same things happening to the people that I can relate the most to and it's just like you know for me like it just take, it literally like I, I, it really kind of sort of triggered something in me Brooke because it really kind of takes me back to my season of Survivor and that like you know the unconscious bias of my tribe to eliminate me first and oh what what was the what did they use oh Bryce is Bryce is a come he he's a threat we gotta get rid of him oh okay yeah I'm, I'm a real threat to y'all but oh okay but it just is annoying because it's like it's the story of our lives it's the story of my life and I just get tired of seeing it and I get tired of people issuing apologies after the fact but never in the moment when you instead of issuing apology you could do the right thing but I understand people have to grow people have to learn I get it and I'm I'm always compassionate and I always lead with love and I always but as sometimes I just get tired, Brooke. I just get tired of always having to turn the other cheek and always having to accept an apology. Like that's really what is like frustrating. And again, it really has nothing to do with Alana and Leo because I'm sure they're probably like really great people. But I'm just speaking to the fact of like what the bigger issue is here. And it's like, yet again, we see these issues happening to minorities and even on a diverse season. And so, which is why I'm always pushing for like, yeah, I'm uh, yeah, I, I'm not about uh just making it diverse. Like I, 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 I want more minorities. I want a whole season of minorities. I want a whole season of people that you don't normally get a spotlight on. And this is the reason why. But, all right. I'm sorry, girl. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But listen, I, I just had to let that out. But, other than that, this was a really fun episode. And I've got like two amazing race questions for you once you start breaking the stuff down. Cause like okay. I was like, I took notes and I was like, oh, wait a minute, I got an expert. But yeah. Okay. I hope I can answer them. I'm not sure yeah. I can. Um, I think this episode, I don't I don't actually think a ton happened. I mean, I think there were a lot of we call them race blinders that were on, and I think that might be a little bit of, of what happens here. You don't necessarily think about who am I helping, who am I not helping? I'm just and you're just so chaotic that and again, not making any excuses, but I know I, I don't I didn't pay attention to what I did 80% of the time. I was having conversations with people and the animals on the street and stop signs. I just would talk to everything, not even remembering what I said or what I did. So, you know, it's, it's one thing to say people should think before they do and everybody should 100%. But sometimes that goes out the window when, when a million when things are going it, right. on around you. So I, I have to s- empathize a little, but I, I get where you're coming from as much as I can get where you're coming from. Um, so I don't think a lot happened this episode. I think we had the chaos of this market. We had a detour. We had a Travelocity commercial where they all booked their stuff on <laughs> Travelocity. And a lot of the episode was dedicated to this mess on the beach with people leaving things behind and yes. going back and forth and, and just, I don't, there was no roadblock. It just seemed a little devoid of like challenges, but a lot a lot of it was dedicated to people just running around on the beach, picking up their stuff, having to go back into the market because somebody else took their stuff. And, and that just seemed to be, it was a lot about strategy and a lot about 
forgetting things and not reading a clue. Yes. And I, sh- again, shout out to Will and James because that would have been me getting on the boat, checking to make sure that we had everything mm-hmm. because like mm-hmm. I would have been freaking mm-hmm. out. And yes, yeah, so many other people were just leaving their stuff on the beach, what I just thought was crazy. And I was like thinking the whole time, Brooke said, read your clue, read your clue, read your clue. And I and was like, shout Ooh. out to Will and James because last week yes. when they didn't read their clue and they effed it up royally, the first thing they did was let's read the clue. Yeah. And I don't know if you saw it, it said, and the additional information. So what the Amazing Race does is they'll give you your clue. And sometimes Sometimes in that envelope, it will say additional info, meaning there are certain airports we couldn't have gone through because of of issues with, I don't know, either political unrest or something that was going on in a particular city. Don't fly through this airport or um, safety issues when doing this. Make sure you read this or whatever, or make sure that you carry a certain something. And this additional info said, bring your stuff with you. So I don't think it was in the actual clue. It was in the additional info, but it's in there for a reason. So read the whole thing. And they did that. They they corrected their previous mistake, and I'm a fan of that because you know how I feel about James, especially the super fan who's crying at the beauty of the Amazon. So he's crying, so I'm crying, and I just I'm I'm a fan. I also loved it when they lost their machete. And then I think it was like Will that was like, I'm not running with a, a machete. And Jay's like, give it here. I'll run I'll with it. it. Let's go. Yes. I'm all for it. Now, obviously, I would have I would have flourished in the market. I whenever I go uh, to another country that's a different language, I always try to like study the language, even though, first of all, I'm bad at English. So <laughs> but I always try to whenever I like check into a hotel, whenever I go to a store, I always try to have like a dialogue with somebody like, how do you say this? How do you say that? So I always like try to learn like five words that can just carry me through. So I would have been a social butterfly in that market. First of all, I would have asked the worker to just come with me and get help me get all of this stuff. Okay. Like I like I would have just been I, I just loved the chaoticness of the market. First of all, another thing that I understand was that like all of the teams started like running to the left. Here come Will and James from the right. Okay. Obviously they got off the boat. Okay. Then they go back to the boat. The other teams are still running to the left. I'm like, hello, what are y'all doing? Race and- blinders. That was another thing that I liked about Jerry, at, not Jerry, um, that I liked about, um, I, there's everything that I like about Jerry and Frank. Yeah. But another thing about D'Angelo uh-huh. was I liked the fact that when they were counting the stuff, D'Angelo said, I'm going to watch where everybody go and you focusing on this right here. I'm like, yes, I like that two type of like personality traits because Absolutely. that can help so much. But another thing that I wanted to ask you was that we see that a lot, the teams, uh, the two are, are what, what, what were the sisters that forgot their stuff um, um, Haley, not, Halen? No, not them. The other ones. The uh, Oh, Michelle and Victoria? M- Michelle and Victoria. M- yeah. Had her bun on. Yes. So <laughs> when they realized that they did not have their bag and had to go back, this was my question. Was, since it was a detour, technically Frank and uh, Jerry mm-hmm. could have just mm-hmm. literally not done that and went to the hut, like, and built the hut. So technically they did not need it. You're jumping ahead to my inside information. Oh, this I'm is- sorry. No, no, no. Was- it's, don't be sorry. This is, this is actually, I reached out to someone in the know because I was curious. So, all right, we'll just jump right to it. So since this was it, this is, this is the part because there were things that happened like Victoria and Michelle, Jerry and Frank don't even run to the market. They run the wrong way, but that's not the downfall of Jerry and Frank, you know, Jerry and Frank get a wooden machete when they're supposed to have a metal machete and they have to go back to the market and get something else. That's not the downfall of Jerry and Frank. The downfall of Jerry and Frank is this. They get all the way. They take their 30 minute boat ride to this island with the indigenous tribe, which by the way, 10% of these tribes have never had contact with the outside world. That's so incredible to me. That means there are like 50 indigenous tribes on the Amazon that have never met anyone outside their tribe. That is incredible. And 
I, I, I just, I'm digressing because I just thought it was so cool. So did I. I was like, wow, like this is, and then imagine like these, like, yeah, I just, I was also thinking like what my life would be like if like, right, I, right. like you know, like if Spicy Bricey just was on an island with like, you know, I just was like, uh, I, I thought that was so cool. But yes, that's what my question was. I was like, was it smart of them to just take the word of them or get the clue and then figure it out? I was actually wishing. So D'Angelo and Gary, uh, I think it's Hung and Chi, they're all on the island going to their detour and they see Jerry and Frank get there and D'Angelo yells, do you have your stuff? And Jerry and Frank are like, no. And he goes, you need it. Because he probably thought you did need it because the clue said, bring your stuff. Right. Now, I kind of had wished that Jerry and Frank were just, you know, a couple minutes behind and didn't see D'Angelo and Gary because normally when you don't follow a clue in the Amazing Race, you get a penalty. It's usually 30 minutes plus whatever time you saved by doing something differently. Like, what I mean is, for example, if you take a taxi instead of walking somewhere and you're supposed to walk, you get a 30-minute penalty plus whatever time you gained by taking the taxi instead of walking. So there's a penalty. So I reached out and I'm like, look, was there a penalty for this? Or it was this something they didn't really need because technically it was a detour? And even if there was a penalty for this, the 30 take the 30-minute penalty yes. rather than take the boat both directions and lose another half an hour. So anyway, what I found out from someone in the know is yeah. that there would not have been a penalty oh! here because you didn't technically need the cooking stuff unless you did the cooking detour. Right. Now, what I found out is that the cooking detour was way faster than the roof building leaf detour thing. So we don't really know if Kaylin and Haley would have finished the cooking before Jerry and Frank finished the leaves and then maybe they would have been U-turned anyway. And at that point, they probably would have had to go back and get their stuff Although in my head, I'm thinking, can they take the stuff from another team that didn't do the cooking detour and maybe just use theirs because who cares? So I don't know the answer to that. So as far as I know, Jerry and Frank could have just gone on, done the roof building detour. If they'd beaten the blondes to the U-turn box, they wouldn't have been U-turned. They wouldn't have had a penalty and they would have gone on to not go home. Yes. Or they would have done exactly that and gotten a 30-minute penalty, but still probably not gone home because Michelle and Victoria were running around for over a half hour looking for the clue at the U-turn box, even though it was sitting right there. Again, race blinders. I'm glad they didn't go home. I like them. Yes, they're funny. Yeah, and I, I again, again, while I think like when I watch this, I'm always like, oh my God, if this was me and Wendell, and if this was me and Wendell, and we were on the boat, and they were telling us to go back, I'm sure Wendell would have been like, we gotta go back. My ass would have been like, let's get the clue. Uh-huh. Let I, I'm one of those people that's like, even if like, you know, I don't think I can get through, let me have them tell me I can't get through, and then I'll get through. Because like, you know, listen, I'm all about like sliding through a back door, no pun intended, but like, you know, I'm all about like, you know, if I could get by, I could get by. And so I was like really hoping, because I was thinking that the whole time, I'm like, well, wait a minute, if this roadblock is is the thing like building then they could just do that and they don't even have to cook mm-hmm. so then i was like just pissed off then shout out to my saving grace was will and james who made alliances with people and you know was working it and you know they were a little in my opinion pissed off at uh leo and alana and they gave they asked the roadblock and i loved it and what i just thought was so funny and again, now here comes Spicy Bricey rubbing back up. Was that when they got the roadblock? U-turn. U-turn. <laughs> when they got Sorry. the U-turn, what's the first thing they say? Why would you pick somebody that's in seventh place? Why wouldn't you pick someone that's like, mm, that's funny because that's the same logic you should have used on my sisters. Oh, funny, funny, funny. But when the shoe come around, now you want to use every excuses not for it to be you. Hmm, interesting. Thought that was funny, okay? And then, and then, 
I know. First of all, you think I'm the big brother. I mean, the uh, Mesa race expert because I'm going off. So then, so now, now it's cry me a river because now your asses have to do a U-turn. And now it's why me? Why me? Mm, okay, well that's what the sisters are saying. Uh, last episode. Then Kaylee and Haley, the nerve of them to pick Jerry and Frank. First of all. Look at where they're at. They not even back yet. You've got other people that are still competing right now that really could, like, you know, really turn them around. But yet you choose Jerry and Frank. Mm. Well, uh, mm, okay. so I was with you until the very end of that, because there are three reasons as as far as I'm concerned to use a U-turn. One, you got to get a strong team out, someone that you don't think you could beat in the end. Right. Two, you need to protect yourself because you think you might be going out. So you have to U-turn somebody behind you to protect yourself from going home. Or you really don't like someone. Right. There's just like a personal issue. Or you're just doing a favor or you're just doing a favor because they only are doing they only did that roadblock favor because them girls helped them out. You don't have to help them back out. That's true, too. I will say if I was in their position, it does make sense to U-turn the team that's furthest behind because it gives your friends that you're aligned with the chance to stay in more than if they U-turn somebody who was right around them or somebody who was doing the other detour because you don't know who's gotten to that mat and not U-turn somebody yet. You only, They only knew that the people who were at the cooking detour and that Jerry and Frank, because they knew they went back. I don't think they knew where anybody else was. You don't get an update. So if they had U-turned, for example, I don't know, Iswar and Aparna who were doing the building one and Iswar and Aparna had already been to that mat, then the U-turn would have gone unused. So they had to U-turn somebody that they knew was behind them. And there weren't that many people that they knew were behind them except Leo and Alana and they were already U-turned. And so I get why they U-turned Jerry and Frank. I'm not happy about it. But from a strategic point, I understand why that was the team they chose. So this is Bryce. Hi. That makes (laughs) sense. And I understand it. Now, this is spicy Brycey. Y'all didn't have to U-turn nobody. Okay. Y'all just are. Y'all just had to go back. No, y'all didn't even have to go back yourself. Y'all just been being carried. Must be nice. And now to just turn it on somebody else. And I get it. It is a competition. And I understand. But it's still just like, ugh. Y'all just love to kick somebody when they down. And it's just like, ugh. And it's just... For it to be, for it to have been them, which it's only like, you know, for them to have been one of two of the only all black groups out here. And then for them to just have to go home back to back just really hurts my heart. And it's just, you know, for me, it's like, oh, it's hard for me to root for other teams now because the people that I most look like, the people that I most can identify are now gone. And at the hand, in my opinion, at the hands of Leo and Alana. So do you think that you would have felt differently if Kaylin and Haley, you turned... Uh, anybody else? Yeah, I, I would have. First of all, I just feel like I would have felt differently if they just never used it, period. Right. Okay. But if they were repaying Leon Alana back and we're doing the favor and, you know, saying they helped us, we'll help them. And they had you turn, I don't know, um, Madison and Riley or D'Angelo and Gary or Michelle and Victoria. Would you would you I wouldn't be feel, less mad? I, I, I would be less mad. Well, one, I, I would take the fact out that Jerry and uh that Frank and Jerry are black. Again, I always root for the underdogs. So Jerry and Frank could have been purple. You like they had to go back. You know yeah. that. Yeah. Like and y'all like I just I don't know. It, for me, it's just like, oh, I wouldn't want to kick somebody while they down. I would yeah. want them like somebody that's ahead of me. So, yeah, I would feel the same way if they if the person had a U-turn. But if they were ahead, if they won the last challenge last time, then no, I wouldn't. So, yeah. I mean, okay. yeah. So, I don't know. Hard to say. But I'm just going off the facts of what I saw and how I felt. And I was screaming. And I was like, ugh. 
I was so mad. But also, Jerry had me cracking up. First of all, the Spanish word for machete is not machete. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> and so when they got back to look for it, and uh, Jerry was like machete, machete in the street, I was like, oh my god, that's something the that dad would do. Okay, but um, it was still great to see them. Still great to see someone that looks like me play uh with their dad. Uh, again, a lot of the times in African American communities, we don't see positive imageries of black fathers. We don't necessarily a lot of the time get to see positive imagery of black men. Period. So to see a, a father and son duo uh was special to my heart. And so although it was only three episodes. And you know, the third boots always have a special place in my heart, you know, because you I'm a third boot. So mm-hmm. I to make it positive, Frank and Jerry don't even know how special of a club that they are in to be in the third boot club. So I um I'm still happy they got to play in the say. But now I am like revved up for next week's episode because now oh, you're gonna I'm watch. Like, you are going to watch again. I am. I mean, Good. I'm going to watch. And I'm more revved up because now I feel like the more I talk to you, the more I learn and the more of a critical eye that I am watching the show for. I mean, like, you I'm, came in with it and you you knew the exact thing to talk about with the inside, in, the inside information. You said, this is a detour. Why do they need this? And I wish that they had thought for a second, why do we need this? But, you know, there's, there's, only, there's only so much you can do when you're in the heat. And maybe they the thought heat, D'Angelo right. knew something where... He was already given information that they needed it. And so they just followed it blindly. And that kind of sucks. I will just say a couple of things that that I noticed watching the episode. And one of them is a little pro Leo and Alana, not the way they race, but something that I guess Leo's mom had said. She got really, really down when they were doing the other side of the detour because it was just very heavy lifting and very hard. And I thought it was very nice for him to say, you know, my parents said when one of you is down, the other one should try and be up because I could see how they would have been very dejected. I liked how they cared for each other. I don't like what they did, but I like how they cared for each other. And I thought that was really, they showed them being really caring and thoughtful. And I, and I liked that. I also liked um, Michelle and Victoria when they finished because they were yelling at each other at the detour being like, bitch, you're like letting the juice go away and this is no good. And they so they got really at it for a second. And I actually thought Michelle might lose it for a minute because in the beginning, she was sort of billed as someone with a short fuse. But in their interview, she's like, I'm really sorry. Like, you're my sister and I love you. Like, it was just a really cute, we can fight during the detour. But as soon as it's over, like, I, I thought they would, because they said they weren't that close. I thought that they were going to be less loving. And I liked the love that they showed for each other, even given the fact that like, they ran around like chickens with their head cut off doing like a sightseeing tour of all the villages because they couldn't find the clue next to the U-turn board. So I liked that. And then the other thing I really liked, because while Hung and Chi didn't come in first for the first time, they came in second because, of course, they did. They have a horseshoe up their butt. And so they're lucky and they get everything good happening to them. The look on their faces, just the pleasure and the shock of being second was so what? funny yes. to me. And he's like, how did that happen? I don't even, and it was just, I think they're very, very cute. And I think that they, 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 I thought they would have been U-turned because they were strong. And the fact that the teams didn't U-turn them probably because of this five-team alliance, there's no doubt in my mind. I mean, I don't know, but they're, they're going to make it to the end. I mean, I, I, I'm going to say it right now. I'm going to say Hung and Chi are going to be in the end. I'm going to say based on the way they're edited, probably Will and James are going to be there at the end. And here's someone that I actually took a liking for. I was actually like, uh, really liking the volleyball brothers. This yeah, episode. I think they're going to make it to the end too. I think those are my top three. Those are my guesses for who makes it to the last leg of the race. Well, you know, girl, my top three, girl, two, two of my top teams is out of it. So yeah. I just, um, I'm just hoping to fall more in love with each 
person and mind you I like the dramas I like the fights I like to see I really like D'Angelo and his partner I like how they fight with each other and they're like you know we've got to learn a different style of communication <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I love it though because it's like I love the fact that you could be so mean to someone but also like be so like loving and supportive which is just kind of like how I am a lot of the time but uh yeah I yeah I, I thought this episode was at this episode nevertheless was good. I was like literally on the edge of my seat, like screaming. Um I was but, like, don't turn around, just don't turn around. Yes. And then they get to the end and Frank gets emotional because he has a great dad who's never been anything but super supportive. And then Jerry cries because he has the best son in the world. And then he says, you know, only one team can win it, but we had a winning experience and he's bawling and I'm bawling. And then they scoot off in their little boat into the sunset <laughs> and I'm sad. But you know, their outlook was just so I wanted to see more of them just because I loved I just love a good father like my dad and I have a great relationship I love a father kid like build you up really solid relationship and, and right. I like that that's what we saw and I wish we could have seen it more but there are some I mean, there are some really good teams left and I think there are some good relationships that will I think they're going to give you the drama that you're looking for definitely I, I hope so. I well, think so well we'll have to be back next week so Brooke in South gonna, America again yes. I don't get it where go somewhere i don't this seems like a lot four legs in and i know trinidad and tobago technically they haven't been in south america the whole time but i am really surprised that on the fourth leg they haven't hopped over to africa yet and i that's got to be the direction that they're going so africa europe asia and back home but i'm surprised that's a lot of legs before hopping to a to the to a third continent so yeah we'll see what happens next week i would assume after then they're going to hop hop across the pond um but this one i i'm sorry to to Bryce, nice <laughs> to have seen Spicy Bricey for a hot minute, but hopefully, yes, hopefully, hopefully we're Spicy Bricey is done. Time. Yes, but you know sometimes you got to He got to come on out and tell it like it is. So, uh, yeah, but yes, well, thank you, bro, and Thanks we will for chat. Me. We will chit and we will chat next week. Thanks, Bryce. Bye. <laughs> Pants pick. If you hurry up quick, it's a purple pants pick. Yeah. And we are on to one of my favorite segments of the podcast, Purple Pants Pick. That's right. You pick, I say, the chance where you, the listener, get to control what your baby boy me says. That's right. Every Saturday to my Instagram, Bryce Isaiah, I will post an illustrious photo of your baby boy and it will say, drop your topics for the Purple Pants pick and you can write in whatever it is that you want your baby boy to talk about. Could be movies. It could be asking a question about what to wear. Could be how to deal with something. Could be sports. Could be music. Anything you want. And your baby boy got you. Well, all right, let's get right into them. Audrey, what's the first purple pants pick? The first purple pants picks comes from RCVRY guy. And it says 40 year old virgin on Netflix. Yes, this was such a good Netflix movie. I watched it maybe two weeks ago. I happened to stumble upon it one night when I couldn't figure out what to watch. And I watched it and I thought it was so inspiring. It reminded me so much of myself. It's about an African-American female who is in her 40s. And she's at a crossroads in her life, her love life. She's a playwright, and she really is struggling with figuring out who she is and finding her voice and what she stands for. She made the list of like the top 10 playwrights maybe 10 years ago in the film, and she hasn't really done anything since. And so then she 
gets an opportunity to write a play, but she feels like she has to sell out a little bit where she's writing a play and there is someone that's investing in the play, but they want her to water down and she feels like she's selling out. She finds kind of sort of like this unconventional love. It it just really is such a good Netflix movie. So if you're looking for something to watch, I highly recommend this. It really kind of like challenges me to stand firmly in my truth and use my voice and continue to be who I want to be no matter what. So I really thought it was so inspiring. So I thought this was such a great Purple Pants pick. All right, what's the next Purple Pants pick? The next Purple Pants picks is from Morgan Medeiros 0729. And they ask, what are some petty dating deal breakers? Ooh, baby, you got time? Because I could write a book. Now, some petty deal breakers for me in dating are, now mind you, this could be the reason why I'm still single, but some deal breakers for me are if we have a date or we set a plan to do something and you don't confirm with me 24 hours, then listen, that's a deal breaker. If when we first meet, your breath stink, that's a deal breaker. Now, Now, here's something weird. I just said that breath was a deal breaker but also at the same time morning breath i find that if i really like someone and you know i smell your morning breath and it i don't want to say turn me on but it doesn't bother me then that's how i know i really like you but if your morning breath is like repulsive to me then i'm like we ain't gonna work all right now i know they don't make sense but just that's a tad bit another deal breaker for me is If it takes you more than a reasonable amount of time to text back, like if we're having a conversation and you text back two days later, like, uh uh-uh, that's a deal breaker. If you try and be posted on my social media, okay, a little too soon, that's a deal breaker for me too, okay? I don't even, I like to actually be Beyonce and Jay-Z with my relationships. I don't like nobody to know nothing of nothing, so that's a deal breaker. If I'm always paying for something and you don't ever pull out your wallet for something, that's a deal breaker. If the first time that we are texting, if say we met on a dating app and you are wanting to know how I get down to the bedroom, that's a deal breaker. If when we first start talking and I say like, hey, do you drive? And you're like, oh, my car's in the shop. That's a deal breaker. If I'm like, do you live alone? And then you say, no, but my mom lives with me. That's a deal breaker. Not that you can't live with your parents. That don't bother me. But I hate when you talk to people and you're asking them, like, do you stay by yourself? And they're like, oh, no, my mom and grandparents live with me. Bitch, no, they don't. You live with them. Get it right. Deal breaker. And last but not least, this has happened to me a time or two before where like, I'll be talking to somebody and we'll be chilling and they, they'll be like, oh, I like that hat. Can I wear that? Or they're like, oh, I like that coat. Can I wear that? Bitch, deal breaker. All right. What's the next deal? Bre- I mean, no. What's the next purple pants pick? Allison Hoden asks, taking care of mental health during this election. Ooh, Allison. Oh, my God. I... Whoo! Ten nine eight seven six five four three two one. Listen, we so important. Okay, one, you got to use your voice. Okay, that's how. That's one. Step two, get make sure you got your text buddies. Make sure you got your friends around. You know, me personally, I'm spending the night at Window House because I just need to be around people that I feel supported with. Because either way, it's going to be a mess, and I think that it's important for us to have a plan, no matter what the outcome of the election is and we're such a divided country right now 
it honestly scares me. And I, I, I just can't think of four more years of such, ugh. So I just, I'm, I'm honestly being positive, but at the same time, I'm trying to be realistic. And at the same time, I'm still trying to take care of myself, I'm trying to pay my bills. I'm trying to be the best son, be the best friend, be the best uncle, be the best godfather that I can be. So it's, it, it's definitely a lot, Allison. And so you just have to remember what's important to you. Remember your foundations and, you know, do things that you need to do and make sure you got an outlet. Make sure you got some friends that you can talk to. Make sure you got a place that you can go with people to kind of decompress because definitely it's, it's going to be a lot. Okay, listen, I might not put out a podcast next week. And if I don't, y'all know why. Give your baby boy some grace. Okay, give yourself some grace. Give yourself some compassion. Take a deep breath we'll get through it but you know it's important to just give yourself some compassion Ooh, what's the next purple pants pick the mims is writing in saying i want to let some family members know they are not welcome to my funeral Ooh, that sounds like the type of petty that i am here for okay you don't gotta say nothing just haunt them in the afterlife that's what you do but seriously, Miss Amy, we not even talking like that, okay? We are speaking positivity. So listen, we gonna, we not worrying about that. You're not going to have to worry about that, okay? You just going to have to worry about in life. We're just going to not have them in our space, not have them in our circle, okay? But that's a real thing because during this last couple of months, last couple of years, I've realized there are certain people that I don't want to associate with. There's certain family members that I don't want to associate with. So that's real. So protect your peace. Okay. What's the next purple pants pick? Austrian Ashley would like to know, you love perfume. Do you like Joe Malone fragrances? And if so, what is your favorite scent? Austrian Ashley, you know your baby boy loves some smell goods and some perfumes, but no, I don't think I've ever had any of Joe Malone's fragrances, which is funny, though, because I did actually look at the website and some of the fragrances was like $144. I said, ooh, Chile. But I did put it on my Christmas list for Jatia. I said, girl, give me some of these for the Christmas so I can smell them and report back to the posse. Okay, what's the next purple pants pick? Papa Lauren would like to know what is the most challenging part of being a social worker? Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, when I used to do social work for a child welfare agency, a lot of the challenges that I would see would not necessarily come from the cases that I would carry, but it would come from the other social workers that I would work with. And in passing, I would hear some of them talk about some of their dilemmas that they would have with cases that for me, as an African-American male that has lived in urban settings that are norm to us and to me and hearing other people or other caseworkers talk about a specific issue that they deemed a problem. But in my mind, I would be like, that's actually not a safety concern. That's not a risk. That's actually a cultural difference. And I would just have a hard time with not saying anything because I, I don't want to step on someone else's work, but at the same time, I would sometimes always have to open my mouth and just be like, hey, maybe you can look at it a different way or maybe you can see it a different way that I know you're not used to this. Just because you're not used to this does not mean that someone else can't do it this way or that it can't be. You know what I mean? So that was such a hard thing for me because there are so many times and a lot of in the field that I worked in, there were a lot of like 
older Caucasian women in the field. And so they would oftentimes deem a lot of the, the families or the parents like unruly or, you know, hard to work with. Or sometimes they would bring the police to the house and not realizing how much that would escalate the situation. And I can't tell you how many cases that I would get because I I would always love the problem cases. So a lot of the times my supervisor would transfer me cases that people were like, I, I need to change caseworkers. And so my, I had a, a, a really well working rapport. And so my supervisor would transfer a lot of cases to me. And I can't tell you how many times I would get a case and the case notes would be like, the parent is like so disrespectful and, and this and that. And I would go out to the home and yes, the parent would scream and they would be yelling at me. But I, I never would get the sense that they're personally yelling at me. I got the sense that they were frustrated. And I think that, you know, some people, that's how they communicate. They yell. And if you act scared of them yelling, that signals to them, you don't understand me. And that kind of makes them more frustrated. Now, there's a difference between someone yelling and threatening you. And I feel like us as social workers, especially in the child welfare realm, we have to have thick skin. Don't get me wrong. Our safety has to be our first priority. But at the same time, we don't need to bring police to the home if a parent is yelling at us. We need to listen. And a lot of the times that people are yelling, they're yelling because they feel like they don't have any control. They feel like no one's heard them. So be that listening ear. And that's what a lot of the times I would just listen. I wouldn't even say anything. I would just introduce myself, let them know what my mandates are, and they can say whatever they want. My job is to listen and to hear and to try to work together because that's the thing. It's not just me coming out here saying this is what I have to do and this is what's going to get done. Like, and there are people that do that. My job and what I will always try to do is make it a partnership. Like, we've got to come to this goal together, okay? And I want you to make the plan, okay? I want you to fix this problem. Now, I'm going to give you some, you know, some limits of, to like, oh, we can't do this, we can't do that. But I want you to fix this. This is your family. You guys know the answer. I don't. I don't live with y'all. I don't know y'all like that. And so that was always how I approach things and I was really successful with getting a lot of quote unquote difficult families to actually work with me and for us to be able to close the case out and for me to walk away and them have no more involvement with a child welfare agency so that was a lot of the difficult that I experienced and now in my new realm of social work uh, the difficult thing for me is going to people's houses during this COVID time and that, you know, I want to be safe and we need to go out and see the the clients that I serve. But it just makes me leery because the population that I serve is a high risk population. And not only are they a high risk population, but they tend to have a lot of people that live with them. So although like, you know, I might go out and wear a mask and we keep a distance, somebody might ring the doorbell like their grandson or somebody and they bring friends in and don't have masks. And that makes me uncomfortable. So it's really kind of like Feeling my way out during this COVID time is another difficult thing. But that was a great question. All right. What's the next purple pants pick? Miss K521 is asking, when do you put up your Christmas tree? I'm debating it putting up November 1st. We need some cheer. Absolutely. We need some cheer. So normally in my family, what we do, which when I say we, me and Barb, and then, you know, we got to get John because John got to supervise everything and tell us what to do. But normally we put up our Christmas tree the day after Thanksgiving. It's such a fun time of the year. And I love, again, like I've told y'all time and time again, I love holidays. If you can't tell by my Halloween costume or if you can't tell by anything, I love the holidays. And so I love a tradition. And so a lot 
of the time growing up, my mom was a single parent. And so my mom worked all the time. So what I will always try to do when I would get home from school, I would put the Christmas tree up and my brothers could be the least bit concerned with me. I would have to go up to the attic, pull the Christmas tree down and all of this stuff. And I always want to surprise my mom with the Christmas tree being put up because me and my mom are one in the same. We love the holidays. But given that time of my, ch- my life, my mom worked so much that she couldn't really be there to do that type of stuff. So I was always that type of child, you know, to want to like decorate the house and do stuff like that. But we now, I always will put the Christmas tree up with my mama, John. But I can't really put the Christmas tree up because John has to like tell me how to put the Christmas tree up. Although, John, I'm in my early to late 20s to early 30s. I know how to put a damn Christmas tree up. But John got to give us a direction. Like, oh, you got to put it there. You got to open. Because we have my mom, they have like a big fake tree, but it's a nice one. But John, be like, oh, you got to open it up there. You go, oh, you know, he one of them people that like to supervise, but not only supervise, then he likes to step in. Well, just do it yourself, John. But I'm excited. I love it. I got a playlist. You know, okay. We always start with Destiny's Child, Eight Days of Christmas. And then we go into the oldies for Barb. And then, you know, we be drink. you know, me and Bar love to drink. We be drinking. It's just really the holidays are just one of my favorite times with me and my mom. So, yes, we put it up the day after Thanksgiving. But also, while we on this subject, don't be one of them people that keep your Christmas tree up until June. Okay? Take it down within a reasonable time. I feel like the first two weeks into the new year, you should take it up. Although... I don't know what this year going to be like. So maybe I take that bell back. Maybe we might need Christmas. Maybe we might need to leave the Christmas tree up until June. Okay. Because you never know. We might need some cheer, honey. Cheer all year round. Woo. All right. What's our final Purple Pants pick? And our last Purple Pants picks comes from Matt Scott GW. And they're saying, starting a new job next month remotely. And would love any advice for a smooth transition. Baby boy, Matt, listen, I have a lot of tips for you as someone that has been working remotely for a while now. These are some of the things that I have learned that actually really helped me stay focused. So I'll try to give you like three or four. My first tip is to designate a workspace don't just you know like how i was at first just working from the coffee table in my living room that like you know at like you know i actually changed my whole dining room around and made it a workspace slash jungle and because i put all my plants in my dining room because i get the best light in there but i literally like rearranged my dining room table because i'm like i ain't having nobody over like i ain't doing no dinner party so i made my dining room table my work area and i really just kind of made that my focus area because other than that if you're working in random places you won't really get that routine in another thing that i do matt is i actually get dressed now i know some of y'all i like, what are you talking about getting dressed? Because for a while, baby boy was just rolling out with his underwear and a little t-shirt and just working. And I found that days that I actually got up and took a shower, I'm more of a night shower person, random fact, but I like to take a shower at night and then like wash my face and stuff in the morning. Not really a, a shower person in the morning. I don't know why, but with COVID and working from home, I found that, you know, if I get up, and get dressed, like actually get dressed, not like sweatpants, like put on like some jeans and a shirt and I work and and shoes. Shoes are important, too. Don't ask me why, but it is for me. Um, I find that I am more productive that day 
than if I was just in my pajamas. Another thing that I found that was really successful for me was that give yourself little breaks. Like every 45 minutes, give yourself a little five minute, check your text message break type type deal like to get up and move around don't just be like oh i gotta be confined to this computer like give yourself little little breaks that really kind of helps me throughout the day also i love a good playlist okay music is the key to my soul so i love to have a good little playlist going i love like a new music that i've never heard that really helps me or a great podcast or listening back to an old episode of the purple pants podcast that really helps me stay focused and my last tip is when you get a lunch, actually take a lunch. When I used to go into the office, I would never take lunch. I mean, of course, I would take lunch if I needed to go shopping or something, but I would always work through my lunch. But I think that it's important to designate time to get a lunch, go outside, go for a run, do some exercise, but really like utilize that time to yourself. That makes such a huge difference. And literally, I'm still learning some stuff. So I had to check back with your baby boy, Matt, and see what's working for you. Maybe we could switch notes because it, it can be challenging just being in your house all day. And some days I'll be like, well, dang, did I leave the house at all? Some days I'm like, oh, it's trash day. Yes, I get to take my trash out just because I'm just getting so used to being in my house and it, sometimes it's not healthy. And so we have to get out and do things. But those tips have really helped me as I've been more evolving and getting used to working remotely. I really hope that helps, man. And good luck on the new job. I know you're going to kill it, baby boy. And that's going to conclude this week's Purple Pants Picks. And just a reminder, if your pick didn't get picked this week, do not worry. Every Saturday on Bryce's Instagram and Twitter at Bryce Isaiah. That's B-R-I-C-E-I-Z-Y-A-H. Bryce posts the Purple Pants picks, and it's your chance as the listener to get your pick in. Tune in next week to see if your Purple Pants pick was picked. The following message is brought to you by... Give me a B. B. Give me an A. A. Give me an R. R. Give me a B. 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 Let me hear it. B. A. R. B. Bar. 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 B. A. R. B. Bar. 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 Hi, this is Miss Barb, and today, once again, I have the honor and privilege of sharing a few words with you. It doesn't matter what exactly you choose to do with your beautiful life, but I hope that whatever you choose, you go all in. I hope that you give it everything you've got every single day. I hope that you're not afraid to dig deep within yourself as you chase your dreams and I hope that you chase them with as much passion and boldness as you possibly can. I hope you pour out your entire heart into them and go to bed each night so proud of yourself because you knew you gave it everything you had. My beautiful friend, I hope you're not afraid to go all in with your beautiful life. Love you. 
Thanks, Mom, for another edition of Barb's Message. Yes, that was right on point. Okay, go all in with your voice and make sure you rock the vote. It's so important. And if you got something from my mom's Barb's Message this week, you know what to do. Make sure you tweet me, DM me, send me a message, and you know what your baby boy does. I screenshot them and send them right to Miss Barb. And you never know, she might write a personal message back to you. Who's the freak? Who's the freak? Who's the freak of the week? Who's that? Who's that? Who's that freaky, freaky freak? Who's the freak of the week? Might be me, might be you, might be Who's the freak of the week? Oh, oh, might be me, might be you, might be. Hey, hey, that's such a jam, okay? I, Jason Curtis Rivera's need to make that into a 90s R&B slow jam, okay? Because I be jamming to that. Might be me, might be me, might be. Oh, oh, might be. Okay, all right. So listen, hey, we on to the freak of the week, baby. I'm fitting to use my voice to tell y'all who's the freak of the week. Now, you know, normally I scroll through the internet to get my freak of the week. But, baby, listen, the freak of the week, I ain't have to scroll no internet to see to find out who it was. The freak of the week this week, baby, is my brother, Mr. Wendell Holland. Okay. Now, let me tell y'all why I eat freak of the week. Okay. So, I came up with this Tiger King idea. was telling him and Joey about it back in July. They both were like, that's Cardi. Joey was like, I don't want to do this, man. It's corny. I don't want to be Joey Sonic's husband. I'm like, you're not really being his husband, Joey. You're just playing a character. And plus, the husband is allegedly not even gay and married now with a kid. So it doesn't matter, Joey. So I had to convince Joey, but I had since July. But it wasn't hard to convince Wendell. So Wendell, you know, started ordering his stuff. He would send me screenshots when the stuff would come in. So on Saturday, I get to Wendell's house, you know, all early because, you know, Wendell had to paint my face because, you know, I was, you know, the gay tiger from Tiger King. Okay. So I get to his house all, you know, early and they cleaning up. But I noticed, like, Wendell on the couch, and he's got a drill, and he's got, like, one of an old belt. Now, anyone does not, yes, Wendell might have won a million dollars on Survivor, okay? Played again, winners at war. So, but listen, don't let none of that fool you. Wendell is a frugal person. He's the cheapest person I know, okay? So, I get to his house, and he's, like, sitting on the couch, and he's, like, has a drill, and he's, like, drilling into a belt. And it's, like, an old, ugly belt. And I'm, like... Are you really, like, drilling holes into a belt because it look old? So I'm like, you don't want to buy a new belt? you rather just drill holes into this belt? Like I'm like, you are so cheap. So anyway, I go mind my business, start cleaning up because, you know, we had other stuff to do that day. And then when it was time for us to start seeing, because, you know, listen, Spicy Bricey was coming around checking the costumes. I needed to see everybody's costume because, like, you know, it's not just about 
that you know what you're being you have to have a reference photo so everyone that participated in our halloween costume shout out to Wendell's sister Lori. shout out to joey shout out to miss mama's chelsea okay everybody had to have a reference photo okay and i had to approve the reference photo not only did i not have to approve the reference photo the you had to have three accessories that were in that photo so you know to like you know because anybody could just like dress up but you know for me i take stuff seriously so when it came down for Wendell and his accessory check and y'all know he was Joe Exotic okay this boy so then I felt bad because I was like screaming at him like you're so cheap why are you just buying new belts so this boy cut belts up to make a gun holder because y'all know Joe Exotic from the Tiger King he always was whipping out that gun so this boy bought a like a cup holder attached it to a belt made the belt fit, fit around his waist then the piece that he cut he made a little contraption to fit around his thigh for the gun action holder i said you know what and then the man had a nerve to go to one of his uncle's house and get a knee brace okay i was done y'all know how joe exotic be having them knee braces he didn't have a darn knee brace on i was too through okay and so the reference photo that i sent wendell Okay, so maybe this is kind of sounding complicated, but listen, I'm just that type of bitch, okay? So, yes, so you had to have a reference photo. So everyone that participated, they had a reference photo of, like, how your costume would be. And then you had to have a second, well, I sent everyone a second replica photo. So not only did you have to match your photo that I sent, but for photo purposes, like, you know, when Joe took photos with his husband, I wanted to send that to people because I'm like, listen, we've got to create. This is the pose that we're recreating. So for the photo that I sent Wendell to recreate for him and the tiger. OK, Wendell must have studied that photo because now, mind you, the face painting took a bit of a while. Shout out to everyone that was on my Instagram live that was watching this. Okay. And then Wendell's younger sister had a birthday. She brought her kids over when his parents came over. So it was a lot going on while Wendell trying to paint my face and still host his family and still his niece and nephew jumping all over the place. Okay. But they so cute. Um, so originally, you know, I wanted the photo to be taken during the day. Okay. You know, light, but the day got away from us. And so the photo had to be at night. And mind you, it was cold in Philly on Saturday night. It was like cold. And baby boy up in this skin tight. Okay. And let me just say, if I was a Tiger King, I mean, if I was a tiger in one of them cages, I'm sure them tigers would have been all over this. Okay. We ain't, listen. Okay. I'm not the freak of the week, but baby, just know the is. <laughs> I'm crazy. So anyway, once we got outside, it was cold. So I was like, you know, and then Wendell's mom and dad were like, okay, so what are we doing? I'm like, listen, oh, it's an order. So show them the photos. But I just had to say the way that Wendell posed and me and his photo with the tiger is just so spot on. Okay. 
is so spot on. Like, just you got it's the it's the eyes for me. Look at his eyes, and then look at the Joe Exotic eyes. It's like baby boy was like I feel like before when he was going to sleep, he was like channeling his Joe Exotic. I'm dead, but seriously, Wendell is definitely this week's freak of the week. He's a great friend. Shout out to my MUA Wendy Holland that beat my face. Oh, you need lions, okay? You need zebras. Y'all better hit him up. But make sure you guys listen. I need for y'all to go. Go to Wendell Holland's Instagram page, okay? And y'all know what to do. I need for you to light it up. Hashtag Freak of the Week and make sure you at the Purple Pants Podcast on Instagram. Okay? <laughs> but listen, if we is naming Wendeezy the Freak of the Week, that means we have come to the conclusion of another great episode Thank you guys so much for listening to my voice, but make sure you guys use your voice and get out there and rock the vote. Okay, it's so important. It's almost as important as making sure that you subscribe to my podcast. Okay, make sure you Apple podcast, Spotify podcast, wherever you get your podcast from. If it's the back of Uncle Pookie truck, make sure you say Uncle Pookie. How can I subscribe? Write a review. Make sure you write a review. Okay, give me that five stars. One, a two, a three, a four, a okay, but that's not it. Make sure you tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a cousin to tell a mailman to tell a post office worker. Okay, to tell a Joe Exotic to tell a niece to tell a nephew to tell a tiger that it's a it's a. It's a It's the purple pants, it's the purple pants, it's the purple pants podcast. You better get your headphones and listen up quick. It's the purple pants podcast. You better listen in public, might make your stomach hurt. It's the purple pants podcast. You trying to unwind, you better get that box wine. It's the purple pants podcast. You trying to get your snack, you better hurry right back though. It's the purple pants, it's the purple pants.